Hi, my name is Stacey Hillier and it's my privilege to host you today for this podcast. Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I'd love to encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this weekly podcast. We would also love it if you could leave us a review. It is my privilege and honour to introduce today Pastor Corey Turner, who is the Senior Apostolic Leader oh. of Numa Church, also a prophet extraordinaire, oh. and pretty much there's nothing he can't <laughs> do. Da, 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 da. Pastor Corey Turner. Wow. <laughs> I've never had an introduction like that, Stace, but I'm feeling very encouraged. It must be that prophetic gift of yours. That's you just deserve it. Exhorting, and I'm not sure I satisfy all the criteria that you've included in that introduction, but thank you. All that and more. <laughs> so tell me, how have you been going? Good. Going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, 2020, big year. Yeah. Um, going deep. Had to go deep. Uh, in the old uh, residue of the heart and yes. draw upon some strength to get through what for all of us in Melbourne have been facing, which is incredible lockdown restrictions, but we are getting through it. That's right. So when we're recording this right now, we're coming off six, seven months yeah. of isolation. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Tell me, hardest thing about ISO, biggest thing you've learned? Hardest thing about ISO lockdown has been the uncertainty of when it's going to end. Yeah. Um, I'm a person who likes to envision forward, project forward and go, okay, well, when we get there, it's we're moving into a new season or it's mm. the end of that season. Mm. Whereas in this season, every few weeks, sometimes every few days, let alone every few months, the goalposts are changing. So yeah. I think that's been one of the hardest things. One of the biggest things that I've learned Um, is that um, I I did think this, but I think it's been reinforced. The church is stronger than we think. Yeah. And Jesus is still building it and sometimes doesn't need as much of my help as what I think he he, he does. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's just been so encouraging to see how our own church and church globally has really responded to... um, still being the church despite all of the challenges that we've been facing. That's brilliant. And I know that a lot of pastors and leaders actually love listening to your podcast. Talk to me for a moment about as a senior leader of a church who part of your call from God is to dream and imagine and receive vision from God on what the coming year or years might look like. And then to have that almost taken out of your hands because not many people saw this coming. What's that been like and how could you encourage other pastors and leaders who are listening today? Really good question. I think that it's important we keep in mind that um, crises and global pandemics don't stop God's purposes in our lives and in his intentions for the church. And however, um, how he achieves those purposes in any given season with um, the interruptions and disruptions that we face um, All of that is on his terms, not ours. Often we think that we're in control of a whole lot of variables and factors that we simply aren't. Mm. And so rather than putting your emotional um, value or, or weight into the outcome, 
Focus on the process of what is in front of you and let God take care of the outcome. I believe that um, this season has forced a lot of leaders to hold things lightly, Mm -hmm. to keep first things first. What's the main priority that we should be about as Mm -hmm. leaders, as Christians, as followers of Christ, disciple makers? And sometimes what we're aiming for or what is important to us isn't nearly as important as what's on God's heart. Yeah. And and I think also often leaders, and I've had to face this this year, can get frustrated with the lack of momentum in what we're not doing mm-hmm. versus looking at in this season, who are we actually becoming? Yeah, I think when I reframed my perspective from, well, we're not doing this and we're not doing that and we don't have momentum here and that's really frustrating and on one level that is, I was missing what is God wanting to do in me? Yeah that actually um, is helping me to become the leader that can lead the momentum that God ultimately wants to bring. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as leaders we can forget it isn't actually about just what you're doing, but more importantly it's about who you're becoming. That's so good. And Pastor Corey, you and Pastor Simone have done such a brilliant job of leading us through this season and pivoting several times. I love that you talked about they're holding things loosely because one of the things I've noticed in this season is that if you can't, if you're holding things too too tightly, people have had somewhat of an identity crisis in this season. (laughs) And I know that's on your heart at the moment. So let's talk for a few minutes about identity crisis. Absolutely. I think that there have been so many people in this season who their work um, dynamic has shifted and changed. Uh, A, they've either lost work or B, it's been restricted for a season. Uh, What they would normally do, all of those normal pillars and activities and relationships and things that they may have leaned upon to identify themselves uh, of being valuable, of worth, significance, whatever it is, all of those things have been taken away. And so a lot of people have been forced to um, ask themselves the question once again, who am I? What on earth am I here for? Where do I find my meaning? Where do I find my significance and purpose. And I think this season has exacerbated the reality of the brokenness that every single one of us face. And that is that we all have a crisis of identity. And unless we begin to identify ourselves according to how God sees Mm. us, um, this identity crisis is going to continue to be Uh, a massive issue in our lives. And for me, I've really wrestled with this. We all wrestle with identity. In my adolescent years, um, I was struggling with that question. Who am I? What on earth am I here for? That's the universal question. I tried to answer that by um, looking at what is it that I was going to do with my life as I was getting older rather than who am I actually becoming? Mm -hmm. Who has God created me to be? And I think our culture reinforces this functional paradigm that we are what we do Mm -hmm. and it actually is built on a um, false foundation. So um, various experts, including a psychoanalyst by the name of Eric Erickson, Mm -hmm. they've identified eight stages of identity formation and in the fifth stage, which is adolescence, mm-hmm. we are, there is this identity confusion, mm-hmm. this identity crisis that comes in where we experience a crisis between our role in the world and our identity, our question of who we are and what's important to us. And if that isn't sufficiently answered in our adolescent years, which invariably often it isn't, yeah. 
we carry this confusion and identity crisis into our adult years. And so I've ministered to people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond Mm -hmm. who are still asking that question, who am I and what on earth am I here for? And yet I think the Bible has some real answers for this wrestle and this struggle that will help us come into a place of identity wholeness. That's right. One of the things we do all have in common is that there are different stages in our lives and we're always asking that question, who am I now my life looks like this? We don't really graduate it from when we're adolescents. I wish we did, but we don't. So how can we resolve a crisis of identity? It begins with uh, looking at ourselves and seeing ourselves as God sees us. Someone once said we're three people. We're how we see ourselves, how others see us, and how God sees us. And I think one of the challenges in life is not to see yourself according to your own brokenness or your mistakes or your sin or even your accomplishments. Uh, or don't see yourself according to the opinions of others, but actually to define yourself, to approach your own personhood from God's perspective. Mm. And I think in the scriptures, you know, passages like Galatians 3.26, it highlights for in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God, meaning we're all heirs and inheritors of what uh, Jesus has secured for us on the cross. And this is through faith. Mm. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are are all one in Christ Jesus. And so all of us tend to identify ourselves by our nationality, where we live, what our industry is, our career is, what we studied, what our uh, people or friendship network is. And what Paul is saying in Galatians is you are to identify yourself through Christ and what he has done for us. And so I really believe that we cannot consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with how we perceive ourselves. We can try and um, act out or behave or act in a way that says um, we are uh, really together and we're, we're whole people. But if we don't see ourselves through that, Um, um, healthy filter of the word of God and what Christ has done for us, then we have to try and approach ourselves based upon what culture says or what our brokenness says is significance and importance. I think right believing leads to right behavior. Mm -hmm. And so just as Jesus was confronted with the question, uh, who am I? What on earth am I here for? Because Jesus was fully and properly man as much as he was fully and Mm -hmm. properly God. Um, and, And he lived with the affirmation of his father over his life. I think all of us, as we ask that question, have to come back to, Um, What does our Heavenly Father say about who we are Mm. and what our worth is? And that ultimately comes back to having our minds renewed and therefore transformed by the truth of what God's Word says about us. Don't you find it really interesting that the context that Paul was writing then to a Roman Greco culture, where they so identified with their culture and where they were from and et cetera, et cetera, that has actually been a real issue in 2020? Yep across the world is what culture am I from and it's caused division that's exactly the same as who Paul was writing to. Nothing much has changed. Exactly. And the solution is still the same. That's right. Which is exactly what you're talking about. So what are some of the lies we wrongly believe that contribute to an identity crisis? It's such an important question because if you can't identify the wrong information, Hmm. the, 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 the wrong ideas that are contributing to your identity brokenness, then 
one you're living out of ignorance and that blind spot Mm -hmm. but also you you can't change it Mm. what you you don't know you don't know and what you're not willing to confront you can't change so one of those lies um that and the bible talks about satan being the father of lies so Mm. the uh source of this idea is ultimately from the nature of of what evil is or who satan is Mm -hmm. Satan's lie is you get your identity from what people say about you. Mm-hmm. And this is all based upon people approval. Mm-hmm. So this is about if enough of the right people say enough of the right things about me, um, therefore I will be X. Yeah. I will be this person. I'll be significant. I'll be important. I'll be of worth. And whilst all of us need encouragement Mm. and we love it when people who we look up to or we have relationships with speaks well of us Um, at the end of the day that is not a stable firm foundation to build your identity from i think another lie that we tend to build our identities on is you get your identity from what you have done yeah so we move from opinions of people to uh, what we achieve Mm -hmm. or what our actions are and Mm -hmm. i think um, we often wear our achievements like a uniform. We wear what we do, our job status, what we studied, um, what our experience is, what our resume is, mm-hmm. um, the things that we would point to as being trophies that would show us that we're important. We wear them like a uniform. But what happens when we have a down day? What yeah. happens when we're not performing, mm-hmm. when we're not achieving, when we're not doing so well? If you base yourself on your achievements and what you accomplish and do in your own strength, and it's going to come a time invariably where you're not achieving, you're not succeeding. What happens is you go on this emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And 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 so that's not a consistent or healthy foundation from which to build upon. And I think the other lie that we often buy into in the culture has to do with this idea of we are our own gods, that we are to worship ourselves as the Lord of our lives. We're on the throne of our hearts. Mm. And therefore, because we worship ourselves, therefore we must be important and significant. And again, it plays into the whole status concept. And so I think in a selfie generation, um, uh, we we are taught to be consumed with ourselves, that we are at the center of the narrative, mm-hmm. that we are at the center of the world, and all of the world must conform to our ideas yeah. of how it should work and how it should look. Yeah. And these lies are faulty, flimsy, sand foundations mm-hmm. from which to build your life upon. And even as I say that, I'm reminded by Jesus' words that if you build your life upon the sand... Um, when the wind and the waves of life come, and invariably they all come yeah. to all of us, um, great is the crash going to be because you've built your life on an unstable foundation. Mm-hmm. But if you build your life upon the rock of truth of who Jesus Christ is and you put that into action, you're going to be building your identity on something that when the winds and waves of life do come, it will stand Firm. Yeah, and you're describing here exactly what has happened for a lot of people in 2020. The things they've built their lives upon, the foundations that they've believed to be stable, a lot of that stuff has given way. And then they're left with those questions of what have I built my life on and how do I come out of this season? So talk for a moment about what does God's word say about where we are to build our identities from? Really good. So um, we've got to replace Um, the lies of the enemy that we've come to believe Mm -hmm. in our unrenewed minds about our identity with 
God's truth. And it begins with, firstly, you get your identity from what God says about you. Mm -hmm. I don't get my identity from what other people say about me as much as I want godly counsel, as much as I love encouragement. I get my identity from what God says about me. So I've got to understand what does the word of God say about me? And a really good place to begin is Ephesians 1, Mm -hmm. to to discover um, the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. It goes through this list of all of the things that we now have access to, Mm -hmm. of who we are in light of what Jesus Christ um, has done for us. And so um, I just want to encourage people to go on an adventure and a journey to... um, Uh, research and discover and have their minds renewed with the truth about who they are in God because you can't afford to have a thought in your head about you that God doesn't have in his head about you. Everything else is building on a wrong foundation. Not only that, but another truth that we've alluded to several times already is that you get your identity from what Christ has done for you on the cross, not what you've achieved in your own strength. And so I think it's really important that we have a fresh revelation and we go to the Word of God and ask God, reveal to us again, what is it that Jesus has done on the cross? Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible says, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it wasn't based upon my works. It wasn't based upon what I did Mm -hmm. to earn my salvation. It was based upon the fact that God loved me so much that he gave us Jesus Christ so that whoever would believe, not whoever would work for it Mm -hmm. or achieve for it, but whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we've got to have this fresh encounter with the truth of what um, Christ has done for us. And then finally, um, God's truth that we got to build upon is you get your identity from worshiping Jesus as Lord, not self as Lord. Right. And so, you know, in um, Jesus' encounter with Satan in the desert, in the wilderness, mm. um, Satan actually tempted Jesus with the riches and um, influence and uh, wealth of the world by uh, asking him to bow down and worship him and Jesus responded back with it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve Um, Jesus understood that ultimately he was in relationship with his father that his father ultimately called the shots Mm. and Jesus only ever did that which he saw his father doing and when we become Christians and followers of Christ, we discover we are not the lords of our life. Mm. We're not on the throne of our hearts, but Jesus is our Lord. And our true identities can only be found in worshiping him as Lord, mm. not taking the worship of the world mm. upon ourselves, but reflecting worship back to God mm. and mirroring back to him the uh, the glory and the truth and the reality of who he is. Stacy, we were not designed to be worshipped. That's right. We were designed to be worshippers. Yeah. <laughs> and so many people, celebrities, famous people, but you don't even need to be famous or celebrities. You just need to be a human. So many humans, their their internal personal lives implode because they're they're living as if they are their own functional God. Mm-hmm. And when when you come to Jesus and you look at his face and you realize he is the son of God and I am not, I'm being made in his image and likeness. I am saved by his grace. You begin to live a lifestyle of worship where 
in that context of that relationship, you truly discover who you are in Christ. One of my all-time favorite quotes is a Louis Giglio quote where he says, follow the trail of your time, attention and resource and you'll find what you worship. And sometimes I catch myself thinking about something repeatedly over and over and over again, way more than I'm thinking about kingdom stuff. And it's normally pretty self-absorbed. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never intended to, but in the process, I've actually made myself some kind of weird little God here. (laughs) And this is totally not the way God's called us to live and I'm never going to find a healthy sense of identity there. It can be a real trap, can't it? Absolutely. And I think the reason why it can be is because everything in our culture reinforces the focus and and worship of self. Um, Looking after oneself is important. Leading yourself is important. But when it becomes this self-absorption where we've forgotten... Um, who Jesus is and who and, and who how precious God is in our lives and that he is our Lord he's not just our savior that saves us from problems he is the Lord of our life our decisions our resources um, we really can get caught up in the lie that the culture has um, often tried to get us to buy into so true and you've been sharing in the last few weeks in a series in our church actually on identity crisis which people can get on our Numa Church podcast Dr. Mike also shared brilliantly on that this morning so make sure you grab a hold of that because it will be so helpful for you if this identity crisis has resonated with you today. Pastor Corey thank you so much for sharing with us I wanted to touch on the fact that you've got some amazing books available for people where can they get those? Totally so um, two books uh, so far writing a third book at the moment Um, but The Supernatural Life all about the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit and prophetic vision is accessible and available through numa.church you can just uh, connect to that and uh, there will be an opportunity for you to access those books and um, Stacy, you've got yes. a book coming out in the next six months. Tell I us do. about that. I do. I have my very first book coming out. And so if you're interested in staying on top of that, I have a website under construction at the moment, but you can visit, sign up via email. So you'll be the first to know when the book comes out, which is all about worship. And it's not just for people who can sing. It's That's for good. everybody who That's loves good. Jesus, who wants Great. to grow in worshiping God. So just check out Stacey Hillier, dot com. Sign up there and you'll be the first to find out all about it. Brilliant. But thank you, everybody, for listening to Kingdom Perspectives. I'm Stacey Hillier. It's been my privilege to host you today. I encourage you once again to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. And you can even share it with your friends via social media. Tag at Corey Turner and at Numa Church. Also, please do leave us a brief review because that really helps us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. Remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.